Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back to season four of Comic Book Nation, the only show that covers all things <laughs> geek culture, the official podcast of comicbook.com, and uh, we're on the scramble today. We're hitting the ground running. No time to waste. We had a whole show, but as we tell you every week, it doesn't matter what we plan. We cover all things geek culture, so things be happening, right, even as we launch, and today is no exception. So as we came on the air in that last like four minute yeah. countdown we just had, <laughs> uh, some breaking news that we're going to get to. It looks like Marvel is circling in on a director for its Fantastic Four movie, and it is someone we all know, director Matt Shackman, who you may have most recently remember from directing WandaVision. <laughs> Whoa, that's it. We're getting meta with it in this volume. We're getting real meta with the volumes here. But uh, director Matt Shackman is going to be taking on Fantastic Four. Now, this is breaking news, as we said, so let's, let's nail down the specifics yeah. here. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of confusion because people heard in recent days that Matt Shackman was possibly taking on Fantastic Four, but it was coming from sources that weren't exactly fully credible. No offense to all of you who reported it. Yes, this is the nut that the blind squirrel found, you know, like you guys were right about this one, but it wasn't something that we could take on like headline, you know, for trade spewing fact. Now Deadline is saying that they're talking, that their sources are saying that Shackman is indeed in talks with Marvel for Fantastic Four and that it's still early. It's not like a formal offer has been made yet. It's still early, but that, quote, things are headed in the right direction. Um, that's not surprising. Matt Shackman and Kevin Feige have been notabl- notabl- notably chummy ever since <laughs> WandaVision happened because Matt Shackman took on that project, one of the most still ambitious kind of Marvel TV projects we've seen. He did a great job with it. WandaVision got a bunch of Emmy nominations, including one for him as director. And so obviously this is somebody that, you know, Marvel would want to keep in the circle and and stay close to. Um, Matt Shackman has a long kind of good resume. He was one of the main architects for like why It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia was a hit. He directed some of the best, most, you know, fan beloved seasons of that show. He did WandaVision. So it's about time, and this is what Marvel does. They take people who have been rising up and putting out consistent great work for a long time, usually in comedy, oddly enough, and then they jump them up to big-budget films, yeah. and it's been successful. You want another case? Go look at the Russo brothers. 
They were directing Arrested Development and like community episodes before Marvel was like, you know what? You guys need a shot at this Winter Soldier thing. And, you know, the rest is history. So Matt Shackman is a good, good choice for a solid director that knows the Marvel way, is still kind of up and coming, meaning affordable, and but has the <laughs> skill set to really do it. Because we saw true. what he did with WandaVision and just a variety of things he mixed together in that show. Uh, makes me think you could do a Fantastic Four that could be retro, modern, all kinds Ooh. of things, go through different dimensions and realities and do all that. And he's a person who can ground it in that family dynamic that we need to hold it all together like he did with WandaVision. So I'm not mad at this. I don't, I mean, things have been scrambling, so I don't have our comment section open yet. That's okay. Um, are people gonna... mad about this? Uh... Uh, no one's really weighing in yet, but uh, can I just interject? As someone who doesn't really have a background with, <clears throat> you know, this entire branch of Marvel content. Is this like, do we need required reading? Like, do I need, what do I need to know? Like before this starts launching? Cause I feel like now is the time to get familiar with Fantastic Four. Woof, that's a big question. <laughs> yes, there's a lot. Uh, aside from <laughs> X-Men, Fantastic Four can get a little tricky because okay. there's been many iterations of the team from the classic stuff you know to like, you know, when they've tried to vary up the formula by kind of doing new Fantastic Fours. There's been like one member of the family's gone, replaced by some Marvel hero like Spider-Man, or there was a time that there was like a Ghost Rider, Hulk, Spider-Man, Wolverine, Fantastic Four. There's been the Future Foundation, which is them embracing more of the science-y sci-fi side of the series and doing and not just being a superhero family, but like interdimensional explorers I and all that. I love that, that though. Um, yeah, and so like, yeah, I mean, they've basically stretched, fantastic, no, no pun, but they've stretched that concept in all kinds of directions. But the core of it is that they are a family and they do all these kind of fantastical things with like, yeah, like I said, interdimensional travel and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That's exciting though. <clears throat> yeah, I know. Man, it's when where we're getting- Where do I start? <laughs> we're getting to the point where like, I don't think with Fantastic Four, because as Kofi said, it is very, there have been so many iter different iterations. And also they've, Fantastic Four has been one of those properties where it is very well known but that doesn't mean it has been popular. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of in the spot. That's actually, for yeah, me, it's, that's it's how I feel. It's well known. The heroes in it are yeah. well known. Most people know who Mr. Fantastic right. is. The Thing, Human Torch, Invisible Woman, right? Yeah. And Doctor Doom obviously is the like one Doctor of the biggest Doom. villains in the Absolutely. world. But like Doctor Doom has, and, and the Fantastic Four have had some great stories. I'm not saying that, but I am saying that like they are they have struggled in years and they were kind of in a place where iron man was before the robert downey jr of it all okay. changed up and made iron man into a huge character right they were they're very well known but sometimes marvel struggles to like get them to a point where they resonate with current fans they, they've had that issue in the past so for me i think actually you it wouldn't be necessary to like go and read a bunch of stuff because they're probably going to do what they've done with Moon Knight and mm -hmm. other things. And they're going to onboard people as if, hey, this is your first time knowing these. And they've done a very good job of streamlining origins before. And frankly, the Fantastic Four, their origin is pretty straightforward. So like the, how like they're, they got their powers, how, how all that, right? How they met their nemesis, all that stuff. But it's just the stuff kind of in between and the family like expansions of it all and things like that, they get a little yeah. murky. So I think honestly, from the get go, 
You won't have to. Okay, I think they'll do a really yeah. good job of that. Now, granted. Did we watch the other Fantastic Four, like, in prep? Oh. Do we just, like, pretend like Never. it doesn't exist? Here's the thing. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. I enjoyed the first Fantastic Four for what it was. I enjoyed that movie. I didn't, I didn't hate that movie. It was corny in spots and whatever, but I still, like, I understood what they were going for, and I was fine with it. It's not a gr great movie, mm -hmm. but I still enjoyed parts of it. The second one... Not so much, but the Silver Surfer, what I thought was fantastic. I thought he was, they, they executed him brilliantly. He's just in it for like, he's not in it enough. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as Dr. Doom got on a surfboard, got on the board and it was <laughs> like the cosmic board, he's just like, oh yeah, I, it lost me. That, that movie lost me. Um, so no, I don't think you need to go back and watch those. I've seen them. I just truly cannot even remember one thing besides they just- They are quite- like, <laughs> I just- I, and that's the truth because I just remember it was so obsessed. The mind yeah. protects us from traumatic. That was before yeah. her soap <laughs> empire. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I do, there are some great though recommendations I would have, and I will okay. actually now put those in Heck yeah. an article for for that to to break that I all down. I would love that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. The mind protects us from How traumatic. How far are memories. we from this? Like now that we have this in place, we it's know the we beginning have this information. of phase six. Got so you. 2024, I believe, okay. is when... Terribly far. We're on yeah. our way. We're yeah. almost through. Terribly far away. you guys. I'm not sure. I just realized this the other day. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're towards the end. We're almost in fall. I guess technically we are in fall. Oh yeah, by the way, so Damon did bring up <laughs> the other Fantastic Four movie that came out after. That one, I completely just ignore. I don't think that exists. <laughs> I don't think that existed. That's one I do not like go back. <laughs> the other great. ones are cheesy fun. This one. Uh, November eighth, twenty twenty four. Okay, that's, yes. that's not that Thank far you. away. Actually, no, it's not. I mean, they got to get they got to get moving on this. And I think he's a much more compelling pick than like Watts was when yeah. he was surrounding the project. Yeah, mm -hmm. Spider Man. I mean, I saw. I, I got why they wanted Watts because he could do comedy and heart and all that stuff. Yeah. But uh, I think Shackman showed in WandaVision he can do that like deep drama, character yeah. drama, and family drama. Yeah stuff really well and so good yeah it's going to be fantastical and i mean hence the name I'm but uh, really it's going to be fantastical and kind of do a lot of wild stuff because i think this one's going to be a big deal in the multiverse saga are we going to go the negative movies. zone i don't know i don't know not about this pick and direct are we going to get the fantastic car i hope so yeah <laughs> the, the bathtub marvel's bathtub vehicle yeah, are we going to get I mean, that i want to see all that you know oh, but uh, i mean yeah i think we can throw it out to the uh Comments the ones that work at least and say like yeah I don't think uh, I don't think anybody's really mad about this. Uh -uh. And, uh, I don't think so. Congratulations, CJ Dar, on your first oh, week yeah, of college. Oh yeah, man! Congrats. I was Did just you finish it sober? Did you finish it sober? I mean, no. we'll find all that wow. out. <laughs> um, all right, so that's our little surprise from breaking good news Marvel drop. To yeah, from uh, good Marvel and things happening with Marvel. That's awesome to uh, DC, uh. where we're taking mass. <laughs> so uh, if you want to know how, how our year is going early this year in season four, we started off with a show called uh, Will Marvel or DC Have the Better Year in 2022? Now we have a show that's Didn't we called all agree it was DC. DC. Yeah. yeah, we yeah we were really we're excited for what. We were all in agreement. Yeah, too. we were all we were no. all very positive. God. Now we're running. We're sitting over a show called DC's Worst Year Ever. So <laughs> that's how things are going for us. It's August now. Uh, and that's how things are going for us in 2022. But um, yeah, this week we got uh, some more updates on the ongoing shifting sands over at Warner Brothers Discovery uh, in regards to the DC Films universe. 
We found out that uh, Shazam 2 and Aquaman 2 have both been delayed, which is hilarious because Shazam was like the only other DC movie out of the, what, four we were supposed to get? No, five if you want to count Super Pets. Five oh DC God. movies we were supposed to get this year. We did get that one. And we're getting three out of the five now, I think. No, no, we lost. No. We we're supposed to get six. We're supposed to get six. And we're six. getting only three out yeah, of the six. Yeah, we're getting six. three. Yeah. yeah, so half of that slate that was like touted and hyped up at the beginning of the year is gone. Yeah, Shazam's not coming out this year. Uh, Shazam is now taking Aquaman 2's second release date on March, on March 17th, 2023. Aquaman 2 has been knocked back a, basically a full year from its original release date. It's supposed to be at the end of this year. Now it's coming out the end of 2023 what on Christmas time? Day. Um, yeah, it is. I'm so confused. What okay. is time? So wait, <laughs> Doctor Manhattan. That's great. Is this all just because of like the the dramas of the actors? I think it's 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 a combination of things. It's a combination of the dramas surrounding a lot of the actors. It's a combination of the visual effects kind of real crunch in the industry because of the COVID stuff. Got you. It's because of the shifting situation at Warner Brothers in the in the Discovery merger mm -hmm. in a whole new. CEO, executive board, people coming in yeah. and being like, yeah, no. And having a new strategy and trying to shed that and trying, like, there's so many, it's one of those things, I actually feel, so like this one, of all the, of all the different dominoes that have fallen so far, mm -hmm. this one actually is the one that makes the most sense. And if it were isolated, I don't actually think we would, like, it would be a bummer that we weren't getting these movies this year, but you can actually see a very logical reason why. Like, the reason was, or there's a couple of reasons to this, right? But, like, this one makes sense because Avatar has all the IMAX screens <laughs> for oh, that wow. release. I didn't they, think about they that. They booked them all. Yeah. So Shazam wasn't going to be able to have... That make sense. No, it would get eaten alive. It would get eaten yeah. alive, right? Shazam was not And it's already a property piece. that you're not, like, necessarily banking on to be a billion Dollar right. thing. So you don't want to set it up for failure. That's I understand. So that, that one makes sense. A wise man to move. saying that a couple so, weeks ago. Okay, so that one makes sense <laughs> to move, right? That one makes sense to move. Then you have Aquaman, and Juan has in the past already kind of like hinted that, like, oh, we're kind of struggling to hit that date. Like, even when they talking about it before, because it is such a visual effects intensive. Mm -hmm. This whole practically almost like if you want to, the entire movie can be underwater. And you're going to have to do most of that with CG, right? Yeah. So moving that also makes sense. So if we were just taking these isolated things, that would be one thing. But this is just the latest in a just carnival at this point of, of bad decisions. And to loop in there, then you have all the Batgirl stuff that still has not stopped because that train continues to just oh, keep gosh. hitting stations. They had a funeral screening. Evidently. So like some people have seen the movie on the lot. No way. Yes. Then the directors came out and it was found out that like they essentially tried to log into the servers to like salvage their movie before it was just like out of their hands completely. And it had already been removed from the thing and their access was like revoked. Oh, and so there's just there's God. all these. And now you have like people on the team, like the kind of the writing or director producer teams like coming out to social media and joining wow. these things. Yeah, co-stars. It's it's it really is becoming. Yeah. Well, let's yeah, let's get into the Batgirl thing. So apparently like what's happened is that when Batgirl got canceled, one of the biggest rumors was the reasoning was that 
Warner Brothers determined that it was too expensive for streaming to make any real benefit or profit from streaming, but too not big enough to be a big theatrical success. And so it cost 90 million, but they could make more on it as a tax write-off. Mm. As just saying, oh, this was a thing, and they, they always have so clauses for tax write-off. But the clause of the tax write-off is if you're gonna write off a movie as a tax write-off as like a failure, or whatever, yeah. it can never be released right. or see the light of day. Which used to not be a problem when it was just on a can of film and you <laughs> yeah. could just throw you just it. Put it in a room. Forget about it. Now it's like with the you know release everybody's cut and everything. How long before it right. got leaked or somebody did this or that? And if that sees the light of day, then it it voids all the terms of the right. tax write off. And now you're on the hook for that movie. Mm. Um, so Warner Brothers. Now again, normally studios don't do this, but it's being kind of rumored that Warner Brothers under this new regime is. Uh, you know, they're in the book burning business and they're just like, let's I mean, just get rid of this. We don't want to take the They're chance. getting like, rid of like animated it. shows. Yeah. So that they don't have to pay residuals and like all kinds of other like actual fees. And yeah. it's stuff that they like license for the platform. And like, that's, I mean, there's a lot of stuff happening at money, that money, place money, that, is, that is chaos. And I don't know necessarily oh, if it's all God. worth the chaos. No. But yeah, I mean, so this is the whole thing. And this is why Batgirl's getting... You know, this unusual thing of like, yeah, they're going to screen it a couple times and then possibly internally. It. Yeah, no, internally. That's so sad. That, yeah. that makes me so sad. I was it's crazy, right? Hope. No, I mean, <laughs> this is not like one of those cuts Release that can be released. Yeah. yeah. But Dang. there is a bright side, right? There's some bright news in this. Yeah, cloud. So, yeah there's some bright news. Um, the Batman 2 is still happening. Hey. Yeah, it was on the fence because we were just a couple weeks ago, like hanging our heads like, oh, because it was it came out that under the new Warner Brothers discovery that even though the old Warner Brothers executives had gone at CinemaCon and said in the spring, Batman 2, we're doing it, and announced it on Yay. stage, the new execs were like, yeah, hold on a minute. And they had to still decide what to do about it. But they've decided to continue with it. It's still Matt Reeves, it's still Robert Pattinson. We're still getting our Penguin show. Matt Reeves signed a whole new deal with Warner Brothers discovery. Um, for his first look deal. So he's going to be doing the Batman sequel. He's still doing the Penguin show. He's still doing the Arkham show and he'll be doing other projects that he brings to them first. So <laughs> as long as the Batman 2 isn't a musical. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm I don't know, man. I, there's a Joker 2 musical I am kind of excited for. Oh, I'm pumped. Yeah, Lady Gaga and Joaquin Phoenix. It just sounds Something weird enough to work, right? Yeah. yeah. Weird. It sounds weird enough like it could work. So I'm kind of here for this Joker musical. I've seen the fan art of like Lady Gaga as Harley, and it is so good. Yeah, and like, it, it could be insane. Them dancing around killing people could be fun. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm here for that. I'm not mad at that. But um, yeah, so we're still getting the Batman, so that's good. I think Blue Beetle, we've found out, is still mm -hmm, safe. Still a thing. Yeah, so Black Mass Adam Latin hits this year. Yeah, Black Adam's coming, and I still think, I mean, that could be, if not a billion dollar, like a really high earner to kind of kick off I'm the hyped DC, for Black Adam. DC yeah. uh, Films Universe. I believe in The Rock, we trust. So it's not all bad news. It's just we're having a different year than we thought, guys. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, we're having a very different different kind of year than we thought and you know sometimes that's okay it's just ironic that we go from this and we are going to talk positively i think anyway about yeah. uh, hbo max show. Yeah, yeah. I'm, oh my gosh i'm like of all, amid chomping. all the chaos somehow i think they actually managed to pull something else off yeah 
Pokemon. All right. You want to so, move us over to... Yeah, HBO Max, did somebody uh, say? Yeah. I blanked out and went to sleep for a second You're there. fine. No. Um, Read those screw. comments. We're old, interactive. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> Got a lot to do on this show. So, yeah, that. HBO Max, that is to say, uh, has, do you have a reason to keep... Matt, we gave you a possible reason to keep it. You were on the bubble recently. I was. HBO I'm like this close to canceling. And yeah, but now I think we have it because Game of Thrones has returned. <laughs> and we are back in the land of Westeros for House of the Dragon. And we're all going to yes. bleach our hair. Yeah, well, oh my God. you're already over there. You've never yeah. gone. You've been Targaryen a long time. Always. I had blonde yeah. tips for a minute. There yeah, no, go. I don't think it works for me. That is so 90s. It didn't no, look good. Early 2000s. It did not look good. Everyone, <laughs> love it. Just coming out looking like Cisco. I know we used to see that. I love um. the Targaryen's <laughs> hair in this, though, because it it was, especially him, it, it, was, it was really awkward, uh, like some points in Game of Thrones. Yeah, they didn't have wig money early on. Yeah, they did a really good job with the wigs. <laughs> yeah, they had to, to go say. down to the corner corner bodega and get wigs back in the day. Now, yeah. although Matt Smith says their wigs are like are very good, but they're so tightly like on their heads oh, that it gets I'm, real itchy and crazy. That so, makes sense. Yeah. He's yeah, yeah, great. yeah. That's why Amelia Clark at the end was just like, look, bro, I'm just gonna get my hair done and I'm oh, just gonna yeah. be like this because yeah, tired of the wigs. Yeah. But wig talk aside, House of the Dragon premiered and uh yeah, I think it surprised even some of the most staunch Game of Thrones haters who didn't like the finale of the show in the mm -hmm. last season, that it was good to kind of get back into Westeros and that you are able to kind of jump around and jump into these new stories in this new era. And it was still just as enjoyable. Um, I really enjoyed this premiere episode. I think I enjoyed it more than the first episode of Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously the budget and stuff is much different. Mm -hmm. Like you said, the wig budget alone is increased. <laughs> but there was just a lot that they set up in this first episode that shows you how the show is very much connected in the Game of Thrones franchise, but is also going to be its own thing. Um, I wrote about this because there's some things some people didn't pick up on that they probably should get prepared for because I don't want people to start having backlash about stupid things. Mm -hmm. But this is going to cover a lot of years of the Targaryen dynasty. Game of Thrones was very much like you hit the ground running. Like you hit the, that first episode, some stuff starts happening in that first episode that begins a snowball that, you know, everything is yeah. moving. You know, the White Walkers are coming. King's Landing and the war with the North, that's all happening. People are losing their homes, their statuses, their status quos are just getting knocked down left and right. And they're all kind of thrown out there in the chaos in Game of Thrones. This is not going to be the same thing. The Targaryen dynasty obviously lasts up until the Mad King gets killed, you know, years before Game of Thrones starts. Mm -hmm. And so this is going to be a more stable world. It's not like the whole kingdom's going down and everybody's going to thing. And so it's going to cover a lot more years. And if we're watching the trailer now, people didn't pick up on this. Like uh, Rhaenyra, the main character, um... Alison, Alison, the uh, her friend and all that, like they're going to be two different actresses playing these characters. Yeah, you see it in the trailer, like Emma Darcy is the older Rhaenyra because time is going to move. We are going to have time jump and go through different, like I said, decades of years of these characters lives, um, the Targaryens. And, you know, if you've ever read the history of Fire and Blood or just a basic, you know, what I got to work on. I know Jim and Joe are probably like, get out there and get doing, doing this. But uh you know, a whole timeline of Targaryens, you know that there's some pretty wild things that happen that this episode also, I think, does a masterful job of setting up. So, yeah, it's going to be 
like I said, a bit more of the court drama stuff, but you know, there are dragons flying around, obviously, and that didn't bother me in after this first episode. Not at all. In classic Game of Thrones fashion was also really kind of triggering intense in some Oof, portions. Man. Oh my god. Yeah, as a new as a, there's some things I never watched Game of Thrones when I was a parent until like the very end. Oof. Yeah, this episode of Your Parent is pretty rough. We had to turn it off. My fiance was like, I can't do it. And I was like, okay, I'll watch it by myself. <laughs> yeah, there's some pretty rough things in here. But that's Game of Thrones for yeah. you. Um, I had a very hard time with that that particular yeah, scene. A lot of people scene. did. Oh, um, a lot of people That's did. even for like just, like take, even taking the new parent out of it, mm -hmm. that was even more so, right? But like, it was so well acted too. Like it's it's actually just like a, they, they put together the scene in an incredible way, but mm -hmm. good Lord, that is just, oh. Every, every actor oh in this is achieving Dark. such beautiful moments. Like the acting is, I think, the standout for me. The fact that they can get this much story, backstory, like where we're going, yeah. where we've been in one episode, I just like was blown away. I mean, yeah. I was in this world and I knew everything that was happening. I knew where everybody stood. And the fact that they could get all of that in, in one episode, that is what I was really excited about. It's a, it was impressive for someone yeah. like, and I actually am excited that Damon, it looks like, is also on this uh, journey with me because he's never seen <laughs> Game yeah. of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, I have like watched, you know, an yeah, episode. We just threw you, we have Dragon Fever this week. I don't know if people have seen the episode <laughs> title. This is all about dragons yeah. drinking. We just threw you into the dragon pit deep, huh? Yeah, but I didn't I, realize we were doing it twice. I came away like I want to watch the rest of this series. I'm very, I'm very glued. Like I got into the the characters, and like you said, what helps here is that it's so simplified as far as like what it's actually about, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, there's a lot of intrigue and different people factoring in, but it's ultimately about like this kind of fight for the throne. This like I should have that, not you. I should mm -hmm. be this, right? Like it's just that stuff, and I can. I can grasp that without getting into all these other things. Well, to be fair, there's that's what Game of Thrones is that about, is, but there's just a lot. There's more a people, lot more people. And yeah, there's a lot more thrones. People are trying. Yeah, to, this like, is very to compressed, yeah. and yeah. it's just like it's very kind of intimate in that way of just a smaller scale thing. Oh yeah, and that's perfect for me. That's a perfect introduction for me. And honestly, I can see myself going and watching the Game other show Thrones, if this yeah. continues to kind of hook me into that world i could see afterwards oh it gets deep. i'd go like, watch yeah. it again actually, yeah. oh, it gets deep. i had that. a real problem during Game of thrones so I this is uh this was good problem. i came away really really happy yes oh thank you so much chris for asking i was going to answer this without even being asked matt <laughs> smith is a god he's such a good actor like if you saw him as doctor who He's the most endearing and likable and sweetheart human being ever. If you saw him in The Crown as the prince, like you just have this new respect for him and that like stoic role and all of that. Then you see him in this and he's like scary and like kind of awful. And he's just so good. I love this actor. Well, I would say that he's probably one of my favorite actors right now. Aside from giving South Park new musical material as Game of Thrones has in the past, if you know, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, Matt Smith contributing to the uh, next South Park Game of Thrones song. But um, he's also been searching for like that maniacal bad guy role because you see he's endearing. But I, I mean, I was having this conversation on a different podcast show and we were saying like, you know, Matt Smith is also very kind of quirky, unique and weird. Like yes. he looks very unique. 
yes. his personality and delivery is kind of very unique and not in a bad way. Like he's just, he, I mean, like in that weird Christopher Walken, he's almost a geek like to me, just you, I mean, yeah. he is, but he isn't, he's just kind of like a weird gentleman. It. He's kind of, he's just quirky. He can and play weird. any type he of really character. That's great. God. But it is, he can, but he, it's always a character, you know, is being played. Like he's a, like, that's what I'm trying to say. He's yeah. a distinct character yeah. actor. Yep. So therefore there have been times where people have tried to put that to use and it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Like him trying to play, um, uh, Oh my God! Yeah. You're gonna no, mention no, no. Terminator? Terminator, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Skynet, like him trying to yeah, play yeah, Skynet, yeah. or in Morbius and all that, and the dancing. Like those are people trying to take Matt Smith's quirkiness and make it into that maniacal kind of villain role, or just whatever. And what's great about this show is he's a little bit of everything. Like, yeah, it fits him perfectly because this character isn't quite a bad guy, isn't quite a good guy. Yeah. Like, is kind side. of demented and, <laughs> but also very noble at the same time, and and that's perfect for him. Yeah. And him kind of keeping you guessing and unsure is what you can do with Matt Smith very effectively. Second you know. favorite doctor. Oh, man. Second favorite. Tenet. David Tennant, right? Tenet's is your one. favorite? Always. Okay. All right. <laughs> Anyways, well, uh, Chris Eggleston. <laughs> if you were watching this show, you, I love I love Eggleston. <laughs> He's my favorite. But you should definitely check out the show. It yeah, is no. a great show. Yeah, House of um, Dragon, getting those HBO Max it, yeah. subscriptions back up. And yeah, yeah, there was some good stuff in this first episode. And, and like I said, if you know, I can't wait because I know a lot of the history of the Targaryens. Like I said, I had a real problem when I, when I was doing Game of Thrones and covering that and reading all the books and all the appendices and all that. <laughs> there are some pretty wild things that are going to happen in this show that I can't wait for people to see and kind of twist development. So it's good to be back because we started this show Yep. Way back in season one with Game of Thrones That's final season. Awesome. And now we're back again. And now we actually have Matt here because that first season was awkward and he was just looking at me like, oh no. I ask questions. What, what, what are you talking about? Ask we're all freaking out about like, yeah. oh, Battle of Winterfell sucked. It's so dark. Matt was like, what are you and I was like, who's that? Who's that? That's What's gonna the be guy? With the next You're like, topic, is Winterfell? So. Is he okay? And like, yeah, no, <laughs> Winterfell great. is he okay? <laughs> so we've come a long way, baby. We've come a long way. We act like it hasn't been. We've been doing this show for a long time. We put in the work, so uh, yeah, we've come a long way. It's good to get Game of Thrones. Sorry. That's good again. So, all right, we're gonna take a break, <laughs> but when we come back, we got to get to the second half of our Dragon Mania episode. Which is, uh, I'm throwing everybody in the deep end. We're getting, we're doing more anime because we cover all things geek culture and we've been slacking on the anime front. But anime is mainstream, we're doing more of it. And I started by throwing everybody in the deep end by going to see the new Dragon Ball movie, Dragon Ball Super Superhero. So we're gonna have a special guest come on and help us with that. We'll be right back. This is Comic Book Nation. Subscribe to the YouTube if you're on there. And if you're on the Twitch and it's on the Fritz, be sure to subscribe to YouTube, our YouTube channel as well. We'll be right back. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. What's up? We are back to Comic Book Nation. Matt was done showing us his big sword under the table, and now we're going to get back to the show. So, we are here, and we are talking anime, 
and uh, we went to go see Dragon Ball Super, Superhero, because uh, we're getting into some anime, and this has been one of the, the, I mean, not even one of, but the biggest anime movie release or opening. Renew, setting new records, hyping up more Dragon Ball, and so the perfect place to start on our anime journey is right here. Uh, Janelle has a real life right now. She is planning oh a wedding, so she couldn't make it out with us, so it became a mandate between me and Matt, which uh, is its own story about me and Matt's mandate to the movies which might be a regular thing we have to do. Uh, it was, it was fun. very nice, it was very fun, it was yeah. Fun. So me and Matt went on a mandate to the movies to see Dragon Ball, but we're not gonna make this all about us, even though I'd like to talk about, uh, you know, our, our whole experience together. We're gonna bring in one of our expert anime killers from the comic book anime staff. Mr. Evan Valentine is hanging around in the wings. Hey! Hey, everybody! Thanks for having me on. What a what a great week for dragons! What a great week for Dragon Ball! Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. Welcome. Uh, it's been a while since we have you on, Evan, but it's good to have yeah. you back. And uh, it's good to have you here because uh, I know you and the rest of the comic book anime team have been hard at work. I actually don't remember this scene. What happened right here? When was this? Anyway, <laughs> did it all leave your mind already? Come on now. No, there was a brief <laughs> moment where I might have passed out, but I was just very tired. <laughs> By the way, he did. Yeah, he totally did. Yeah, there was a brief moment I passed out. It happens a lot in movies these days. I have two children, you all. I'm like, yeah, I have, a, I have a very busy life. But it was only very brief, which is a testament to this movie because I couldn't stay asleep very long because, yeah, this was just too action packed to kind of do that. So. Mm -hmm. Let's get into Dragon Ball Super, Superhero. Um, yeah, this has been an interesting film because this opened lower in Japan than just about any other Dragon Ball film of recent memory mm -hmm. or anime film for a lot of it, which was kind of a concerning sign, but it's opening huge in overseas markets, yeah. including being a new record setter here in the US with mm -hmm. 22 million, which is, and I did an article about comparing recent anime openings like even franchises you think are so big like my hero academia demon slayer mm -hmm. jujutsu kaisen like even their box offices you're talking about topping off at the high teens uh high teen millions for their opening weekend and dragon ball is just kind of shooting up past that and co-opening with 21 you know bordering on 22 million so that's a big deal for where anime is as a box office draw and it's interesting that this is performing, this particular film is performing so well overseas and not in Japan. Yeah. My whole theory is because of the Gohan factor, this movie trades out Goku and Vegeta, the main characters of Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Super particularly, and brings back Gohan who was really the undercover kind of main character of Dragon Ball Z. And I think that explains some of the box offices because the majority of people in the West, I know this, got exposed to Dragon Ball through Dragon Ball Z. Um, I got it in the 90s when it was broadcast on what is now the CW, like on Sunday mornings. But then during the 2000s, of course, it came out in DVDs. Then it was kind of recut and remastered. It was put on streaming uh, services. And so people have really discovered Dragon Ball Z. And as anime becomes more and more and more and more mainstream, People have gone back, this is one of the staples you gotta watch, right? Oh, you gotta watch Dragon Ball Z is the one people have heard about. So Gohan is a known entity to a lot of people on the Western side. They're there, he's like their hero, the guy that they kind of got behind. So I understand why this movie about Gohan, you know, essentially becoming the man again is so popular here. So I'm not mad at it. I've been team Gohan for a long time. I've been somebody who's <laughs> mad at Dragon Ball Super for 
kind of essentially abandoning a lot of the story threads that Dragon Ball Z set in motion. And I'm happy with where the franchise is going. And we'll get into that because there was more stuff this week that happened. But uh, so much. Yeah, so, so much. much. Stuff. But um, yeah, Matt, we threw you in. This was your first Dragon Ball experience. What did you think? Uh, I did not really like I knew what to expect from a, like I've I've seen footage, obviously, of of Dragon Ball. I I'm not like that. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, unprepared. I, I've seen stuff. Right. But I didn't expect, number one, the animation style, like the way this looks is I love this. Like it just everything just pops so much on the screen, like all the characters, the fights themselves, the cool effects. I love just like the visuals of this movie. I was really taken by that because I didn't really expect it going in. I didn't know this was the first one that they'd really done the style, I guess, right? Is that the yeah, case? Yeah. I wasn't aware of that. So number one, I was just like, this looks super cool. Also, I came away with a couple of favorite characters that I didn't know anything about. I knew, I knew Piccolo was the green one. All right, or like one of the green ones. That's like what I knew, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm serious. This is, this is what I knew. So then I came away just like loving that character. And a big and a big part of that is the like really fun dynamic between him and Pan, who I just adored. Oh, my God. Now, yes, I know part of that is because I see Ember in every kid that's out. Right. I see. Right. I get it. But still, she's a, like, it's adorable. Like the, the flying thing and like the, the back and forth between them is so sweet. And that also made me invested in Gohan's story because I was like, I was mad at him at first. I was like, what are you doing? Like, what are you shirking your parental <laughs> responsibilities for? Why is your head in the He's book? He's only doing Go what fight he stuff, right? I understand. So like, there was stuff like that that really got me invested. I also will say that it was nice to have a couple new characters for someone like me coming into this and go like, I even asked you at one point, I was like, am I, am I supposed to know anything about them? And he, you're like, no, like they're brand new. Dr. Hito is amazing dude eats oreos all the all the time he's just eating oreos for like i feel like half the movie he spends eating from a plate of oreos and like <laughs> it's so it's yeah, so amazing and that's a good pause because i think this was something you didn't realize about anime but like that i was just like oh yeah this is like totally anime that you were just like amazed that they took time to animate like simple <laughs> things like him popping out more oreos and like sitting so there and stupid. how many oreos were eating you were like fascinated by this i was like oh no bro that's anime like those little kind of weird life flourish details that they spend so much time like intricately animating his there's that whole sequence where um his um remind me who the two his two like the two creations yes okay yeah so Mm -hmm. there's that whole sequence where i was just losing my mind over the thing and you can if kobe kept looking at me like oh my god i can't take this dude anywhere right so (laughs) i'm like sitting over there giggling because like there's this whole sequence where one is trying to get the other to pose. Yeah, he's trying to get him to do the superhero pose behind them while they're having this like super serious conversation. Yeah, because Gamma 2 is very much like a super into the superhero thing, but Gamma 1 is very much like not in like that stuff yeah. just made my like made my day, man. That was so good. But like just overall, by the end of this, when we get to the big kind of final battle and everything, I was invested. Like I came away liking these characters and caring about what happened to them. Um not so much the like Goku of it all, but I also liked that, like, I thought this was gonna be, I didn't know anything coming in. I thought this was gonna be a Goku movie because that is the character I have seen the most associated with Dragon Ball. So I assumed that's what this was gonna be. And coming away from it, I kind of liked that that was a relatively small part of the movie. And I was just, I really gravitated towards these other characters. And I think it actually made me excited, more excited than if it had just been a kind of typical Goku big, long storyline battle stuff that I, I don't know if I would have been as engaged. And in that, you have 
made Toei Animation extremely happy because that's essentially what this movie does. Um, if you know anything about Dragon Ball Z to Dragon Ball Super, Dragon Ball Z was very much about the Z fighters, which was, it was about Goku, but it was also about the entire ensemble of heroes on Earth that fight with Goku. Like we said, it was all about Gohan, kind of his ascension to being like the successor of Earth's protector. Piccolo leveled up. Everybody kind of leveled up throughout that series. Um, and it was very much about all of them, the entire ensemble. If you look at Dragon Ball Z, the marketing, it's all about, you know, the whole group and all of them. Dragon Ball Super, after some kind of off years for the franchise, Dragon Ball Super comes along and they're just like, we're gonna refine this down to the things we know work. Goku, Vegeta, color changes. Like, that's what we're doing. <laughs> that's what happened in, Go in Dragon Ball Super for most of the time. I mean, the storylines are, they're okay, but none of them except for like the two simple tournaments that brought cool characters to fight from other universes and introduced that. None of them really stick that strongly or an evil version of Goku that's complicated with timelines and some other immortal version of himself, a variant, like on some Kang type-ish is just out there. But like the storylines don't stick as well as Dragon Ball Z. The, the conflicts, the arcs, they're not as exciting, except like I said, tournaments where it was mainly a showcase of now we're expanding the entire universe of the series with all these new characters from different universes, Saiyans from a good Saiyan universe, all this stuff. And that got people excited. But in the process, it was always about just Goku and Vegeta getting new colors, leveling up, and that was it. The rest of the, I mean, it's become a joke that the rest of the characters from Dragon Ball Z don't even belong in there. And now in some of the issues of the manga when they get met, like meta about it, they have characters being like, I don't even belong in this anymore because <laughs> they can't possibly fight the level of yeah. fights that they're having. So this was a very much a corrective measure because Gohan, Gohan we know is the strongest. Like the last series said that. He's stronger than all these people and so You've just been having that sit there while he's just been kind of Ding around doing intellectual stuff and not fighting and doing that. He was in the tournament, but he was just weak sauce in the tournament compared to like Goku and Vegeta. And so, yeah, it was time to correct that. And so this movie's correcting that. Mm -hmm. Well, at the same time, the manga is doing other things to kind of push us into other directions. Evan, why don't you tell us what's going down in the in Dragon Ball Z? Because we just finished a long ass arc. A in long long arc. Uh, first, first, I wanted to say it's really great to hear Matt's perspective because I love hearing about people who dive into the series because honestly, it's it's a giant task to just jump in. There's 30 plus years of story. And I thought that they did a really good job of presenting the film with like a two and a half minute opening. If you all remember that opening where they kind of yeah. run down everything when it comes to the Red Ribbon Army and everything. So I'm glad I'm really happy to hear that Matt really enjoyed it because, you know, it, it does it does attempt to kind of bring everything together in that. Um, for those who might not know, Dragon Ball Super is continuing to tell new stories in its manga, even though the television series is currently on hiatus. We don't know when it's coming back. We don't know if it's coming back. I mean, really knock on wood, it's going to come back eventually. But um, they just finished a big arc that's called, uh, wait for it, Granola, the Survivor arc, which dives into the past of um, the race that spawned Goku and Vegeta, which is the Saiyan race. Uh, it presented an intergalactic bounty hunter who uses his planet's Dragon Balls in order to become the strongest being in the universe that also drastically reduces his lifespan. And the last chapter uh, brought back what is arguably the biggest villain of the franchise, who is Frieza, 
much like Goku and Vegeta and so many other uh, characters in Dragon Ball, when he gets new transformations and new power-ups, he gets an, he gets a new color. Uh, previously, he had returned with Golden Frieza, and now he has arrived with uh, Black Frieza, which is uh, has blown a lot of fans' minds. And we don't know when that's going to happen in the anime. We don't know if it's going to take place in a movie or what have you. But uh, the manga is currently taking a little break, and it should return with a new arc that they haven't revealed any details about so far. But honestly, I'm looking forward to seeing what they'll do. There's a number of events that they can pull from with Dragon Ball Super Superhero that they can kind of incorporate into it if they want to move forward. Yep. And that's the big question mm-hmm. right now. Then the debate in the fandom is how much will Dragon Ball Super Superhero actually then be retroactively imported into the main series? Because exactly. it, it seems like this was very purposeful to do in mm-hmm. a purpose, not like old Dragon Ball Z movies, which were kind of one off non-canon stories. This seems like purposeful yeah. course correction to align these characters better with what's happening in the main series. Because, I mean, arguably, Frieza swore he's coming back to Earth to kick some butt in the Broly yeah. movie. And so after the Tournament of Power, he knew he didn't have the power to kind of stand because he got overpowered, too, by Goku and Vegeta. So now he's back. So <laughs> it could take a fully powered Goku, Vegeta, and Gohan, and Piccolo, and all these people to kind of, you know, settle some beef with Frieza. But, uh, yeah, it's exciting times, and mm-hmm. Dragon Ball seems to be doing some course correction setting itself up for a new era. So it's a good time to jump in. Um, I saw people talking. Very good time. Yeah, they're throwing this <coughs> series, Dragon Ball Super, everywhere. It's on Hulu. It's on Crunchyroll. I think it's on Netflix now. Um, really? If, uh, yeah, it's on another streaming service. I forget which one. It's on. Uh, I, said I don't. Don't quote me on <laughs> that. Think, but right? like, it is on multiple. Funimation for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it's out there. Dragon Ball Super is one of the most accessible ones, you know, going right now. I this made me want to learn more about the series i will say i don't know how i don't know whether to go read or to jump into the show like i don't really know how to do that really because i still come away a little bit like i don't know where to go next but i did let me let me put on my anime hat (laughs) and i can walk and i can walk you through and this is great for the audience as well because anime um isn't going away and it's becoming more popular. And obviously since Dragon Ball Super Superhero was the number one movie in North America, like people are starting to kind of recognize that like this, this medium is kind of blowing up. So if you want Matt and any audience members who haven't gotten into the anime, that is Dragon Ball, uh, you can currently read them on um, Viz, which is uh, they're the English printers of the manga online. And they have a great deal where you spend like $2 a month and you can read everything in their back category or, or whatever, or their, their library. Uh, you can read Dragon Ball from start to finish. I think you could probably do it in, I want to say like, probably like a week to kind of catch you up. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah no, no. If yeah, I've if, said if it multiple want, times on the show that that Viz subscription is the best bang for your buck you're going to get. It's it's really it's really good. But also, um, if you if you have a subscription to like Crunchyroll, you have a subscription to uh, Hulu. I'm not sure if they have the original Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z on Hulu, but they also um, they did release a series that was called Dragon Ball Z Kai, which is effectively it it tries to uh, like it edits it cuts. Uh, it slashes and burns a number of footage and kind of puts it all together into less episodes for you to watch. So I would say that that would be kind of the best. If you want to dive into the anime, 
Um, you Dragon Ball, the original Dragon Ball series, which came out in like the 1980s, does have some important stuff in it. But if you want to bypass that and just run into Dragon Ball Z immediately, you can totally do that. And I don't think you'll be missing. Yeah, it. no, if you start with Z, you'll be fine. Yeah, because yeah. it, it changed the mythology so much from the original series and kind of went in this whole different direction. Like, yeah. All right. like yeah, definitely. Like, I'm down for that. I'm down for that. No, seriously. Like, <laughs> but they, got, they were that. like, they went from just being like street fighters to like now we aliens to like yeah, it gets crazy. But um, that sounds yeah. awesome. All right, but that's uh, it for anime. There's a lot more going on in the anime genre right now, so keep it locked to comicbook.com anime. We got My Hero Academia is coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, we still got one season of Attack on Titan to finish by next year. We'll definitely be talking about all that when that happens. Got a new one called Chainsaw Man coming down the pike. That looks awesome. Yeah, it's going to be a lot oh, to talk about. So, so good. We'll be doing more anime because we got to tell you guys. I mean, we're not doing enough service for that. We got to service all of geek culture and tell you guys why you should be checking some of this out. So thank you, Evan, for coming on. Dragon Ball Super Superhero is killing it at the box office and is in theaters right now. It is a good jumping on point and you need some brief history mm-hmm. to go over in the beginning. But after that, you can kind of get into it. Matt's OK. See? Yeah, I'm good. All right. That's fun. So thank you, Evan. <laughs> thank you guys. Uh, and we're going to move on now. To our next thing, which is uh, talking about She-Hulk. Welcome back, Janelle. Well, you have a nice hi. break? Yeah. All We're right. just hanging out Excellent. in the chats, talking uh, away. Yeah, She-Hulk episode two. Let's talk about it. So uh, there's not a lot to talk about because there's not a lot to episode two. Uh, it's only 20 odd minutes. Boy, it is quick. Yeah, it's 20 it's odd minutes. It's quick, but it's I wasn't great. mad at that, though. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't mad at it. It's quality episode, but it's just a shorter episode. Um, and it basically just... Because we, we got a lot thrown at us in the first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of it had to, of course, you, you know, understandably with the Hulk of it all. But this one is about how that all affects, you know, the life of Jen Walter's attorney at law. Yeah. And so we got that kind of her slice of life about the, what the fallout of her hulking out for the first time in a court is. And <laughs> uh, it handles it pretty, pretty well. And it's pretty deaf, uh, you know, storytelling for 22 minutes because we mm-hmm. get a lot. Yeah. And I've watched it now like three times and I'm like, yeah, each time I'm like a little more amazed about how they manage the whole thing because we get her legal, you know, how she resolves her legal or her um, professional issues. Mm-hmm. We get her family life. Yep. We get, you know, the a reunion with uh, Tim Roth's abomination. And then we get a good twist ending that even just helps fill in some important Marvel cinematic universe storytelling gaps and so i wasn't mad at it so it's a a tight 22 minutes and i think it helps solidify i like this in the first episode as a set to kind Mm -hmm. of see how people feel about it um and i think all together i've seen i mean i can't say anything that much because i've seen all four first episodes and i've already said what i feel about and how much i like it and how fun it's going to be but again this also did the same thing i said it it generated good Twitter buzz and stuff like that and, and is an entertaining Marvel fans and it has a lot of people kind of they're in after this for this episode of what the show is going to be in terms of like a sitcom. Yeah. Um, and I think that was the biggest achievement for me. It's really charming. Like the show mm-hmm. in general is just really charming and it's likable and it's easy to watch more than once mm-hmm. like back to back. And I can't really say that for any of the other shows. Like I love, you know, WandaVision is my favorite. But I would take moments to rewatch mm-hmm. it or even like weeks. You know, this one I can I literally just watched it twice in a row because it was just cute yeah. and charming. And I'm like, oh, did I miss anything? Like, I want to see what, what's going on. So I think it's just I think this is a really standout show without being overstated. Like, it's just it's an understated but such good show. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I think you said it best. I don't really have much to add. I think, I think part of it is too that I, it's not, I, I don't, I don't want this to come off as, as negative. It's not for, I forget sometimes, like there's a little bit of a little bit of a forgetfulness vibe to it because it's just fun and I enjoy it. But then I'm like, oh, good. Okay. Like I move on to the Mm -hmm. next thing. So like, I wouldn't say it's grabbed me as much as some of some of the other shows, because to me, they're doing a little bit more as far as just the type of thing. Maybe I think that's actually a great way to put it. Um, you know, they feel more important as far as just their overall meaning to the to the universe. Right. Not necessarily. I'm not talking about like Easter eggs or you got to throw MCU stuff because like I got on Miss Marvel about that. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't need forced MCU ties, but just the nature of what they're doing feels a little more important. Um, but overall, like I just really enjoy the series. I smile the whole time. It's funny. It makes me laugh. Um, you know, I, I, I like the show. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, and just some quick things. We're not going to go too deep into this. We have a whole Marvel show, Phase Zero, that dissects these episodes each week. Um, but yeah, there's some fun things people are buzzing about. There's a tease of World War Hulk pro- or some form of that possibly happening with Hulk going back into space and to Sakaar, it looks like. Um, Emil Blonsky abomination and where this could all be going is, is kind of exciting with the thunderbolts of it all and things like that. He'd My favorite thing character. is the phone call. It's the phone call between Jen and Bruce. Oh, yeah. That's, the best, that's my favorite part of the episode. Because oh, yeah. she keeps going. He's like, so it sounds like you've, yeah. you've already accepted the job. It's like, it's such a good spot. Yeah. So, yeah, all that was good. Um, and so, like, yeah, a bunch of fun things in this episode. She-Hulk episode two. Loving the show. Can't wait for next week. I cannot wait for next week and, and just to see people's reactions. So... That's my tease. Oh, that's intriguing. All right, Matt, you want to take a minute to uh, lift your sword out under the table? We got pods. Why you got to say it that way? (laughs) agenda. Why you got to say it that way? All right, hold on. I got stuff. I got stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So we weren't joking. (laughs) So uh, because it is Power Week over here, it's Power Rangers Power Week. It's Power Month, actually, and uh, Power Rangers Day and everything. So uh, it would be remiss of me not to celebrate with some Power Rangers merch. And I got the chance to check out uh, the Mighty Morphin Lightning Collection Power Sword. Uh, And this thing is awesome. So I was actually showing Rich ahead of the show, right? So uh, what's cool about it is that it actually, turn it on, right? And then I don't know if you can see it. I'm gonna angle the blade there. There we go. Let's see if I get this right this time. What? Right? Stop. <laughs> that's sick and then it makes all i'm not gonna i'm gonna hurt people Stop. if i go swinging Carol this around yeah yeah chill. but but what's awesome is are we gonna get in trouble for this <laughs> come on no because i'm gonna cut it off right there i think that's our 30 seconds that's our yeah. 30 seconds of time there so this is the i'm so happy right now you don't know all right so this is awesome uh, this is really, it just, it actually feels if you want to, I mean, uh, hold it yeah. and stuff while I point you out. You said it makes noises? It does. Uh, I turned it off. No, it's. Oh, is it still doing it? Oh, it's oh still yeah. Doing it. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Someone please capture just that part. Look, man, I, I don't even, this is giving me PTSD. This is actually Ever since I gave here? my son some sword, some lightsabers yeah. for Star Wars Day, I've done nothing every day except have sword fights. Every, or construct swords. Every single day for the last month. <laughs> okay, these can't, are not buttons, anymore. just in case you're wondering. Right? Can't oh. anymore. It doesn't feel like cheap. It this feels is like, like it's heavy. Some it's substantial. Look, a couple things. I do not control my face. I'm a terrible <laughs> poker player. My face does what it does based on my emotional <laughs> oh my state, and I can't control it. And then it has um, this. Yeah. Also, we didn't mention on She-Hulk, but yes, there's a Wolverine reference. If you oh, missed it, right. She-Hulk, there's a news article about a man having a bar fight with claws. 
which means, and we have been joking that the Wolverine video game coming out is therefore canon. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a Wolverine <laughs> reference. But uh, yeah. So this is Matt's Power Rangers feature. Yes. So then, of course, you can see this little guy right next to me uh, is the brand new Megazord. It is the Zord Ascension Project uh, from Hasbro and their whole, like, they're going to be doing the Dragon Zord and everything. So this actually comes in all the different, like, as split against the five. So it's all the Zords and then you put it together. And I will say the diagram to put this together, maybe, maybe it's just I'm a little older, maybe that's it. But like, I had like a super hard time trying to like see all the, they put it on one page and it's all these steps oh and it was God. a little hard. However, he's all together, he's not breaking. And it's kind of it's kind of dope, man. I, th I think he's going to be my new uh, my little desk here. We got I the shield, him. all this, and then Look of course it all comes apart. Look at that beautiful can, Richard. Let's Look go. Look at that. He's killing yeah, it. Yeah, those toy shots. You got to. This is why you got to watch the show. If you're just downloading, <laughs> we love you. But this is why you got to watch the show. We should have, I bring my Spice Girls? And then for scale, Look at the little Rangers thing, right there. Oh my also, gosh. that's cool. When you take it apart. Each of the Zords actually has a little ranger put in the cockpit as well for scale if you're just doing them separately. Wow. So pretty cool. Uh, these are all, you can hit up these. Uh, this is actually available now, the sword. And then uh, he is actually shipping now as well. So uh, yeah. fun. So, all right, that's Power Matt's agendas. Thanks, Why don't Matt. Why take us into our final segment today, which is comics. I'm gonna keep this we got here. a little bit of time. Let's knock out some good comics. Stuff. All right, so. AXC Judgment number three is the uh, first book of the week. More X-Men. Oh no, you're so excited. More X-Men <laughs> <laughs> and Avengers and Eternals. Uh, this one, okay, so I'm gonna make a reference that I'm probably gonna get a lot of whatever. Uh, this book, I was loving this book. Until about 75, I'll say probably 75%, 80% of the way through. And then it totally uh, Twilight Breaking Dawn part two'd me. <laughs> and said, oh, it didn't happen. Because if anyone's seen that movie knows uh, there's an awesome battle scene that happens. It's like a chunk of the movie and that was dope. And then it goes, that didn't happen. That was, uh, that was all in the mind there. And that's what this issue does. I was loving this. This issue was like hitting on all cylinders. We were like seeing the deviants that come wanted in. wanted everyone to just perish. I, I man, wanted I, it to really happen. Yeah, you wanted that T2 or that Terminator that fantasy. Awesome. You know? There was this whole battle and all these things going against each other. And like, I knew something would twist, but I'm not a huge fan of the, I don't love that plot device. That's always like a plot device that never quite works with me. I always mm -hmm. get a little annoyed because it feels like, it feels like I wasted my time up until then because none of that mattered. So I, I always get a little irritated. Granted, that's probably more on me. And I'm not going to say it won't pay it off in the future. Maybe it does. So maybe I will look back and go, yeah, that was the right call. But I'm just saying, as far as my personal preferences, that storytelling mechanic always gets me a little like, ah, I, I come more, away more deflated than anything. That said, it is interesting to see the celestial judging and making like that whole Captain America scene. There's a whole Captain America scene where he's judging him. And it's really interesting how they're using that to explore these characters in just little bitty bite sized portions. Um, so there, I like this issue. I actually have come away a fan of this series so far, but I won't say it's like, it's not on the top level of my greatest Marvel events yet, but I'm enjoying it. I was coming in a little trepidation, so I will yeah. say it's, it's, it's winning me a little bit. I think bit. it's weak. I think the issues are very kind of boring and like, like hard to remember. And it's not that, I think there's nothing wrong with the story itself, but I think that it, it doesn't utilize or fulfill or make me as excited with the level of characters it's playing with and the level of stuff that it's playing with. 
it should feel a lot more exciting to me and it doesn't and like it's exciting to see the x-men talking with like the eternals and having discussions and comparisons and stuff like that it's it's interesting to see some of the eternals kind of breaking character and doing stuff right like covert missions and stuff like that all that stuff is exciting but it's just like there's just so much thrown at you in terms of spectacle and characters in these that it, none of it just feels like it's hitting on a personal level. It just feels like very spectacle, event, but like there's nothing personal pulling me through it. And it's just I like a that. weird, it's like, a, it feels like a weird kind of Marvel examining the fan debate about whether Eternals or X-Men should be the leading kind of superpowered race of characters. Which I don't this. think is bad in itself, but maybe the execution is not yeah, quite there. The execution oh, wow. is all wrong. I didn't even put that yeah. together. My bad. Uh, no. That's what they need. We need the execution to come through and fix all of this. Yeah. But, uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, I'm with I'm with Kofi on this, but I'm glad I'm not alone because I was like, oh no, maybe I'm just biased because maybe X-Men aren't my favorite. But you know what I really want to just say? Oh, here we go. How can I like X-Men? Like, what is the backstory? Like, what is don't the one book? Don't be racist. I don't know. No. But no, I'm, I'm saying, like, how do I, what should I read to, like, understand? Because I feel like I was just thrown into this, right. like, you should know that they're the good guys. Meanwhile, they're, like, kind of beefing with humans, and I'm a human. So I'm like. Okay, so there are, for me, there's, like, Two, I will say there's like two books that kind of immediately come to mind. Okay. I will give you those two. I'm not going to reveal go. them now. I, I'm gonna, like I will give this. you those two books. Yeah. And I will, or I'll find a way to get you those two books mm -hmm. now because our thing's all weird. But I'll yeah. find a, a th way to get you those. And then I would be curious to see what you think. Because yes, it is. And I wouldn't even start, you know, it's house and power. There's so much of that. I feel like, yes, it's important to now. But if you just want to get an idea of like, why people the love these characters? Story. Yeah, that's I think, what I need. I think that would be good. So I will. And if I will anybody put that. is watching or listening, and you have suggestions, seriously throw them at me. Like, just tweet me or whatever. Come into this stream and tell me. I think I'm open to it. I mean, you have to go back and read a lot of like the X Men see, getting murdered. For I, see, yeah, I see House I and Powers in here a lot. Yeah. Now, okay, so I see House and Powers in here a lot, but I would say those aren't. So those are. Yes, those are critically important to where we are now. But if you're just looking to just get a feeling for like why people care about these yes, characters, I don't necessarily I mean. think that's the best one to jump into. So I will, there, there's a couple that come I'm to excited. mind. I do love that X-Men, uh, the animated series was actually mentioned in here and that's actually oh, a great way. That is, a good one. that is on Disney Plus. It's on, I was just about to ask. Um, you know, that's a great way because that a lot yeah, of people- teaches you good Better fandoms. than the comics. Not better, but okay. as as good as in a lot okay. of ways, um, and that's I mean, well, look, I can throw that on. While a lot I'm of doing fans, laundry, you know, started there. A okay. lot of fans started with the X Men the animated series, um, so that is definitely one. We're gonna make some of the alternate universe times or some of the easiest <laughs> X Men things to get into. Uh -oh. T TJ, TJ mentioned that. Thank you, thank you, buddy. I'm sorry. <laughs> I even gave I gave Damon and CJ some props. So yes, you are correct. I should have given TJ his props too. Uh, well done. Uh, so yeah, so that is a that's a perfect one. Also, Evolution was mentioned in there too. I don't love Evolution as much as the animated the no, original animated no, no. series, but I still love parts of that no, show. The animated series gives you a great sketch okay. of yeah. who each of the cool. characters. But yeah, I will get you those. I'm excited. Thanks, guys. <laughs> so moving on to something a little bit way more lighthearted, a yeah. little bit more fun, totally a little bit Matt's more agenda. MCU synergistic. 
Think that's a word? Yeah. <laughs> uh, damage control, number one. Yes, when we picked these books, when I picked these books, Kofi sent me a thing. It was like, I was, I, those were the two I, I knew you'd, you'd pick. <laughs> now, granted, Moon Knight is on this cover, uh-huh. as is Nightcrawler. <laughs> so, like, okay, like, I, I get it. It's, it's probably immediately appealing. But I thought this was just simple fun, of course, for those who don't know, like, damage control is this, you know, agency that kind of started out as, you know, we're picking up the scraps of these superhero fights and we're kind of creating technology with them. Then that kind of went into where we're kind of becoming more of a police agency and it's kind of morphed along the way a bunch of different times. This book kind of takes all of that and puts it in one big pot and says like, hey, we're a little bit of all of that and we're expanding here and now we're working with the heroes and this and that, right? But it's super lighthearted, super fun. There's two stories. I actually adored them both, but for very different reasons. And, you know, this just uh, explores the first part of the of the book actually explores like the heroes. And it doesn't really make a team. That's the impression it gives you from the cover. That's not really what happens. It's just kind of heroes that this new intern in the company is passing by. But then the second story, it's just kind of ridiculous fun of the main the head intern having his mom come to visit for a tour. And then zaniness happens. I love these kinds of things, as we just referenced in Dragon Ball Super. Right. I love the goofy stuff so like this was like right up my alley so this was just fun and i enjoyed it and i'm looking forward this is a mini series so i'm just looking forward to having some fun with it and uh you know it does make sense that damage control is going to play a bigger part in the mcu so hey let's get a let's get a book out there but i liked it that's fun yeah i i'm an idiot i just realized that i read the cover and i was like oh adam f goldberg i know that name and yeah i realized yes. you it on the cover oh my yeah. god me too i yeah. just saw that digital like, comics for yes. the fail again um, <laughs> yeah yeah, no, it is. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's why I know that name. It's creator of the Goldbergs, the Preacher show. TV series, uh, the Boys TV series. Like, yeah. So, yeah, Adam Goldberg, creator of the Goldbergs. And now this makes a whole lot more sense. This uh-huh. feels like an Adam Goldberg product, very much so. Um, but again, the way in the way I think Marvel is realizing you can use comedy as a great shield to move certain things around the MCU, like in She-Hulk. This is clearly looks like the backdoor pilot script for what a damage control show would be in the MCU. And I'd watch that. Um, and I'd watch it, too. It's funny. Uh, getting the cameos in are, are going to be the big thing. But like, yeah, just seeing them do errands and like try to handle like Moon Knight or moon running knife. In, or trying oh my to yeah. hey, moon knife. or getting into an elevator with an ice cream cake with Ghost Rider and being like, can you turn your head down and yeah. getting, like super pissed about it or just running into She-Hulk or and stuff like that. Like, this was a great hook and the kind of douchey guy the new kid's working with who is acting more important than he is and all that. <laughs> like, there's still, like, a good character story underneath all this. And even these zany characters are going to have... You can see where they're going to open up later and be more, yeah. you know, vulnerable and stuff like that. But um, it is funny and just, like, the level of things that this workplace comedy is dealing with. Like, it's not like Dunder Mifflin where you lose a memo and you're losing your biggest paper sales. It's like... Yeah, we lost a memo and the scrolls might blow up the planet because this was like completely important stuff handled by people who maybe are not really equipped for how important right. it all is. Um, and so like, yeah, and it's just funny things like Reed Richards built a whole department. It's like some severance stuff. Like, yeah, there's a whole department we built in a pocket dimension and just other weird Marvel flourishes like that make it a lot of fun. So it was I mean, it was exactly what you said. It's just like a fun kind of irreverent thing. But in the MCU, it's again a very useful tool to reference all kinds of things you can move around and allude to without, you know, being too heavy-handed about it. 
So, so yeah. was this was this a nice? Yeah, it was it was really cute. I really did enjoy this. It was kind of wordy. Like a, I was I was kind of like, okay, I get it. Like I get I get what's <laughs> happening. Um, and I I kind of like did feel a little focused on the intern. I didn't really care much about him. Like he <laughs> wasn't likable or anything to yeah. me. Um, but I think that's more of you just need to keep reading or maybe just not my favorite character. But I right. love this office style yeah. thing. Like, this is so fun. And I definitely want to keep going with this. And I didn't even know what damage control was. Like, I didn't know there existed such a thing before I read this. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely want to see more of what this is. They've been in the MCU. They've been introduced because it was, uh, I think it was... That's how Spider-Man's first movie kicked off. Michael Keaton's oh crew gosh. was like a local cleanup crew, but then Tony Stark created damage control and they took all the jobs. Oh my gosh, away from see, that. I did not even know and that. That's what made the that's awesome. Kind of like yeah, pissed him off. And it. so I did, yeah, I think I think you're right though. This is very much this has, and a couple of people have mentioned it, like yeah. this Disney Marvel's Plus the series. Yeah, this oh is Marvel's god, the that would be and, like, so yeah. good. And yeah. I hope they do it like an office thing because that's the advantage they would have over this comic. Yeah. Is somebody filming or making a thing about damage control and then yeah. being like doing the faux documentary thing, Abbott Elementary, The Office, like yeah. really would work in this case. Agreed. And it'd be great for the cameos if it's like not like real CJ, but somebody filming, you know, that retro thing yeah. you can do, like somebody filming yeah, a video yeah, camera. Yeah, I love that. Kind of CGI oh, totally love that. Like, yeah. It's great. So, yeah, they need to get on this. Um, and I think after the success of She-Hulk, they probably will be motivated to. But um, yeah. All right, uh, let's get to the uh, oh WTF boy. of the Yeah, week. I love your comment here. So, yeah, the poll winner, uh, Detective Comics 1063, is the polar opposite of <laughs> damage control. Uh, we came away, because we read the last issue of this, and we came away, from what I remember, pretty positive on that, on that issue. And it had two stories. It had the first story that's kind of focused on Batman and this kind of new... Uh, group that's, you know, really not a new group, but they're kind of trying to reestablish power and stuff like that. Then it has a second story that was with Commissioner Gordon, and it was kind of this tale of, like, he's looking for someone to need yes. him. Tie into the thing. Joker series, like, yeah. which I enjoyed. I've been enjoying that. And we came away pretty, and then those ended in some interesting places, but came away pretty high. And then this issue, like, takes both of those stories into very different, uh, different than what I expected directions. And I still... I. I don't know. I came away just very like conflicted on them because yeah. I don't know what the Commissioner Gordon story. I'm actually still like there's parts of that I really enjoy, but there's other parts. I'm like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. What is this like metal in the door? And what is this? Where is this guy from? Like yeah. I was there was a lot of things that I was very puzzled about. And I actually had to like. I was like, did I read, did I miss pages in the last, <laughs> in the last story? And then the Batman story was not that. The Batman story actually really, I liked the Two-Face stuff, the back and forth between him and Bruce, I thought was really interesting. Um, this new faction was actually one of the more interesting parts of the last issue. And there's like barely any of that in here other than the one spot of like, we're kind of reverting spoilers coming in for this <laughs> issue, by the way, before I go and say this, uh, but we're kind of reverting Two-Face back. And I don't know, I was just like, oh, like, it's, there's more to find there. I don't know. That, I was very, I wasn't nearly as high on this issue as I was the last one. No, it's just, I, I don't know where Batman is going as a whole. Like, there's some great stuff we're seeing, like the practical stuff, like the knight telling us those stories. And then we, you know, we had this whole 
thing after Joker War of stripping Batman down back to basics and kind of the stuff that connected to like future state that we like, like mm -hmm. Batman the detective, yeah. when he's just kind of a stripped down Batman living in somebody else's apartment building. Yeah. And we were all like, that's a good idea and this is all good. And this, and this issue starts like it's dealing with that. I mean, the, the best scene for me was the conversation between Harvey Dent and that Bruce Wayne yeah. about how they used to be these rep, you know, icons of Gotham that are now no longer what they were yeah. and Gotham's no longer what it was. And so that was all very interesting for where Batman is and where Harvey Dent's thing. But then we just throw in this weird mystical organization and it's just like magic. We're doing magic stuff now. And it's just like this between this and then the Batman. Uh, Chips. And, uh, the, Chips has been really good. Too. Yeah. Chips but just getting to where we are with now him going to other oh, yeah. persona. It's just like. Oh, yeah. That's I, Batman's just going in some wild directions right now. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, okay. I forgot about that. Oh, you guys did that when I was, that's right. Yeah. I was like, I don't remember talking about oh, that. Oh, yeah. You, wait, you weren't here. Yeah, I wasn't no. here. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Batman's getting a little wild right now. And I'm not down. And I, do, I never like when Batman gets into, like, mystical stuff very much. It's okay. my least favorite kind of Batman story. I'll take supernatural stuff because yeah. Batman's, like, a weird, right. can be a super scary character. But like, yeah, once Batman gets into like magic and mysticism and old mystical societies, like I never really liked that that much. I like that stuff better for like Damon and people like that who are connected to mm -hmm. League of Shadows and whatnot. But like, yeah. Oh. I also saw Damon's thing in the chat, not more Batman. I know, there's so, dude, there's so much Batman. Also, that is not my fault. That was in the poll. That was, I voted, well, okay, actually I voted for another Batman book, so I can't even say that. Oh my <laughs> I gosh. Voted for the, I voted for the other Batman book, which is really good. Uh, what did you think? I, mean, I, I didn't think it was bad. Right. Like, I enjoyed this more than the X-Men book. Um, I, it was just, it was just a lot, you know? It's just back in I just, I really oh thought, but you know what I will say about the X-Men book, just to like, sorry, like, and it is like, I'm kind of over the Eternals. So that that book pretty much got me off of the Eternals. I was really excited about them. Now I'm not. Anyways. Don't blame you. <laughs> yeah. This one is, um, it was fine. I mean, it was it was a cool read. It didn't bother me. The artwork was really nice Yeah, and it's cool. really pretty. I love the way um, Harvey looks. Like, Harvey Dent looks amazing. I love that gold mask. And, like, I love that aesthetic yeah. in general. Um, and, you know, it left with a cliffhanger that I'm curious yeah. where it's going. So, oh, okay, that's comics. Yeah. All right, and that'll do it for the show this week. We want to thank you for tuning in for Comic Book Nation, the only show that's doing it for all of geek culture and helping explain it all to you guys. And we also want to say to subscribe to our new YouTube channel. My brain shorted out there for a minute. But we have a new YouTube <laughs> channel. Uh, it's actually showing up now. It's actually popping in searches. So uh, comic book, all one word, nation. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, please. Uh, download the podcast on your favorite platforms. And... Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Nation. You can follow us individually. I'm at Kofi Outlaw. I am Matt Aguilar CB. I am at Janelle Wheeler. And we will see you guys next week and every week as we continue to break down all things geek culture. This is Comic Book Nation. Peace. Bye, guys. Peace. <laughs>